as soon as I open it, roaches. To where when I walk in the house, <laughs> did you scream? Hold. <laughs> Welcome back to Econics Talks, guys. When I pop up, everybody gonna be like, man, overnight success. Lifestyle topics, entrepreneurship, and investing. Are you serious about this? Because if you are, then I'm willing to back the business. We want to inform you, educate you, and empower you so that you can maximize your life. Let's get started. Hey, it's Josh. Thanks so much for listening to Econics Talks. Whether you're brand new to the show and to me, or if you've been listening since the very beginning, as you know, managing a podcast takes a ton of time when you're independent. If you've enjoyed the show, whether it's just an episode or many and want to support, you can buy me a coffee. This will help cover expenses and make it just a little easier so I can continue to give you guys the best content possible. Click the link in the show notes or description that says support if you'd like to contribute. And again, thank you guys for listening. Now on to the show. Welcome back to another episode of Econics Talks. Today, we have Sarah Busby from Be The Buzz Agency. So first of all, huge shout out to you. Thank you so much for doing the podcast today. Obviously, I've known you for a while, so I've watched you grow. Um, and guys, like she started her business in 2015, and she has grown, um, and she's doing her thing. So shout out to Sarah. She's killing it. Are you based in Atlanta? I am. I'm based in Atlanta. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. So um, welcome to the podcast. How's your day going? It's going a uh, typical publicist day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got some drama. You got drama. some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. So um, I want to get right into it. So I just kind of want to start, you know, just how did you come up on PR? Like, you know, what did, um, like, what inspired you to start your own agency? What What does that background look like? Um, so I tell the story pretty much the same. Um, I started in journalism. Um, so that was what my degree is in. It's, they changed the, the title now, but it was in telecommunication and film. So my, my desire was always to be, if I wasn't going to be an actress, I was going to be a um, journalist. I was going to be an anchor. And so that was always the goal. Um, but back then, um, I graduated in 2014, they really wasn't checking for um, African-American reporters as much as obviously they have been in the past um, five years. Um, it's crazy. I graduated from college like eight years today. I saw that memory come up. Man, that's um, crazy. You've been out crazy. of school that long, right? Oh, I know. Like, oh, I'm like, oh, I'm old. <laughs> I'm about to hit 10 um, years. And I'm like, oh, oh. man. So it's, it's crazy how life do it. But um, so what happened was, like I said, I, I didn't get a job. And so I went back home and me and my friend, we went to school for the same thing. And she was like, she was in Atlanta. I was in Mobile. And she was like, we just need to start our own stuff. We didn't know what we were doing. Like, I was like, okay, yeah, let's do that. And I came, um, a, a close friend of mine, she's like a second mom. She helped me with my name. And I just started, I started doing like social media. I just started like being very active and just involved. And they wanted me to like reach out to news stations, things like that. At that time, social media was like, oh, uh, it was kind of like, evolved, you know, it was a thing or whatever. And I was like, oh, this is kind of like PR. And it's crazy. I had named my company uh, Be The Buzz PR. So I just gradually got thrown into it. Um, and then once I moved, relocated to Atlanta, I started really seeing Atlanta has a major scene in different events and opportunities and um, around publicists and public uh, PR events. And so that's how I got into it. Yep. That's what's up. That's what's up. You know, 
Um, <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that you relocated to Atlanta. You started this. What made you decide to relocate? Was it just a better opportunity or you just? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I always had my eyes on Atlanta. I knew that what I wanted to do and people tell me like, you've got to move out of Mobile. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mobile is pretty small, so I could see how uh-huh. it would definitely be a much more attractive city, especially with your industry. Yeah, for sure. So what are some of the things, obviously, you know, you started your business in 2015, so that had to be chaotic, right? So what did you learn during that time? What were some of your struggles early on? Um, Some of my struggles were, um, man, just getting the opportunities to uh, have clients or opportunities to learn. Um, I think that's so, so key. It's like a lot of people have businesses and I get it. Um, I did, I I started my business before it became a thing, right. Um, to be an entrepreneur. Um, but really having that bread, those bread and butter experiences. And that was some, that was some struggle. Like, cause a lot of people didn't understand what PR, they didn't understand what social media was, uh, what media and marketing and things like that. Like they were like, Oh, okay. Yeah. And then also too, I was in a place a location that didn't understand it. So I had to relocate. And when I relocate, I tell anybody, I did a lot of things for free. You know, I, I got, I wanted to be involved. I wanted to have that opportunity. So um, a lot, like I said, like a, a, a lot of the struggle was getting those opportunities, finding those opportunities. And when I did, I executed and I learned. That's so. awesome. That's awesome. Did you struggle? Obviously you talked about your client base. And I think that's one of most people's biggest fears is, Where's the business going to come from? Where's the money coming from? So how did you overcome some of those fears? Because initially everybody deals with the fear of one failure. And then then are people going to think I'm stupid or are people going to actually like buy my product? Like, how did you overcome that and that type of, of, of thinking? Oh, I'm going to be honest. It was just as a reason. And it's real. It takes some years to get through that. It's okay. As of recent, um, now you can't tell me nothing. I mean, well, and what I mean by that is like, look, I know what I have done. I know what I can do. You not, I'm, I'm gonna tell you what I can do, and and, and that's what it's gonna be. Um, but it wasn't. I would say until about um, after the pandemic. The pandemic really showed me opportunities came out of the woodworks. Like it was just, uh, it was amazing. Um, it took me some time. I mean, dealing with certain clients and dealing with certain industries and people will really mold you into really who you are supposed to be. You won't know it until you go through it. Um, and so now wondering where the clients will be, Jesus, I, you know, I even think now like, where are they going to come from? You know, blah, blah, blah. but God always makes a way. So, um, yeah, but one of the biggest yeah. things, it's to just, um, if you don't have a niche, just be open to things that you care about. Um, at the end of the day, I That's care That's some good about, advice. That's some good advice. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have a niche. And, and, and so I was like, oh, I do this, I do that. But God was like sending people that were not in something I would typically do. I was doing oil and, uh, oil and um, energy industry, gas, you know, things like that. So I had to think about, okay, so what is something that I can do that I would love to do with this particular client? So we started creating events and different things like that. So if you don't have a niche, really hone into things or people or industries that you care about, that you would actually do. Right. And that'll help. That's what's up, you know, and when you think you talk about that, I I bet that stretched you creatively and professionally and how, so let me ask you that. How did you grow as a professional um, in your professional career from taking on those, not odd end jobs, but things that weren't necessarily in your industry? Um, 
oh, man, um, like I would say, I'll give you the most recent example. My last year, I think, yeah, top 2021, um, I had left an unfamiliar industry and somebody reached out to me and they were in the transportation logistics industry. And I, I, I heard the voicemail. I was like, what am I going to do with this? I don't know anything about trucking. And then 18 months later, you would think I got a truck now. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of our clients, but you, for me, I think uh, what my experience taught me with journalism was storytelling. That's important. So you can say, oh, well, let me get out of, okay, yeah, they're in trucking logistics. Okay, what's their story? How can I tie it into things that are happening in the nation, the U.S. and, you know, May is National Mental Health, you know, wellness. So how can I tie their story? Like, what are some different PR initiatives? And because I'm an extrovert, mm-hmm. um, I think of different things that people want to see and want to know. And so um, that really defined who I am as a professional because that tells me that, I can do it by just being open to those different um, industries. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. yeah now it's, it's, it's game time. Right? And it's funny, <laughs> you know, how that goes in business. You know, when we first start out in a certain industry, we're kind of like, uh Oh, what do we do now? And then as time starts to go forward, you start to gain more confidence because you start to knock down some sales. You start to like build a, a, an actual client base. And then you start getting like referrals and people start coming to you. Yeah. Um, what would be your best advice for someone trying to just gain awareness of their brand? Okay. Yes. Um, there's different, there's a lot of different things that clients can do. Um, something that we have been pushing majorly is content days, content creation. Um, you know, that is one of the number one pillars of brand visibility is what type of content um, that you can create that can connect with your audience right now. Um, you know, two years ago, uh, you know, we were stuck at home. Obviously, we couldn't go into restaurants and things like that. But what was crazy about that is two years later, they are they have jobs and opportunities for content creators everywhere you look. It's crazy, and, man. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, it is a paying job. It is a marketing line item that businesses, I tell businesses all the time, Okay, we're doing PR, right? But what? Where's your content? And I even now it's such a word, it's such a thing now, you know. And so that is one of the top pillars. I say content creation, photos, um, reels, video, videography, like really putting that out because videos um, is the number one, um, obviously marketing tactic um, that you can use from a visual standpoint. Um, photos are great, you know, but when we look at analytics and, and programs and platforms, so I would say definitely think about that content what type of, you know, solutions you can um, uh, think about, okay, what is your day-to-day, all right? And think about um, solutions that you solve and what makes you different from other businesses. And hey, your cheat code is social media. Look at what other people are doing and you put a twist to it. So like the blueprint is already there. You just got to do it. And you just do it in one day and you just roll it out. That's real. And yeah. would you suggest somebody have a content calendar or how would you suggest? Cause most people don't even know what that is, but how would you suggest that someone put together a content calendar? Yeah, um, definitely. I would say at least plan out. Um, if you're going to do a batch content day, I tell them, I tell people that are like slow to it, start with the week. Then we gradually go up to two weeks. Um, but definitely build it out. Uh, if you can up to 30 days, 
but it's a little tricky because a lot of um, trending sounds only they have a lifespan of depending on what platform you do it right on Instagram they have like a lifespan of like three weeks maybe a month you just never know so you want to make sure that you're staying up with the trends um, in that perspective but then you know I say look bump the trends just do some reels and just have fun with it and just make sure that the people they love authenticity um, you being authentic. Yes, they love authenticity. Yeah. Love, like they love just seeing like people in their house or, you know, actually at work doing work. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, you know, that's, that's pretty, it's funny because you wouldn't think something like some of the stuff that I've had um, do really well on social media. It's like, y'all like that. exactly exactly. like no just just keep doing it that's all i can say um just keep doing it and then collaborate you know collaboration is is key um in some in some formats don't do it too much you know to where like people like where you like code depend on that person but Mm -hmm. like that you know leverage on other people's platforms if you can um for a higher audit have live conversations um you know things of that nature how would you suggest someone stay up to date with the um, algorithms? Because they change so often. Yes. And I know that that's essentially what people pay you for. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they have changed so bad. Um, yes. I hate the word bad. So now, um, how do I say it? So a year ago, um, it was all about reels, obviously. And you work and people figured out like, oh, okay, let me be consistent on reels. And that's how their following count grew. Instagram has changed that now to where as of um, maybe uh, maybe a month ago, now they're subscription. So they're like trying to have people that are like major content creators, right? That have uh, maybe hundred thousands of followers or whatever, probably not, maybe like 70 something thousand followers. And they are paying them based on your real count, based on different things of that nature. Um, even people that don't have a lot of followers, but they are just super consistent with their reels. Like we've had clients that don't even have 2000 followers, but they've been invited for, um, to get paid for those reels. So they are creating monetization opportunities. All these platforms are Instagram is definitely trying to, you know, YouTube has been doing it right Yeah. And now. They are creating a way to where you can subscribe to these content creators. They're already paying them, but they're trying to recoup that money obviously because you're going to pay 4.99 to subscribe to this person and that person as a content creator they now have to kind of change of the versatility of their content to make sure that they're only putting exclusive content for those that pay so um reels is not the number one way now to um if you're like oh i need to measure like you know um my success like just being consistent having video having carousel photos, like having static photos are not as popular anymore as an analytic wise. But if you can do reels and videos and a mixture, you you can definitely boost up that algorithm for yourself. That's what's up. Man, you just dropping hella gems. You appreciate you. Um, how have how did you have to, you know, adjust during COVID? Because that hit everybody. So what what were some of the adjustments you had to make for business wise? Okay, yes. So the number one program that I came out with uh, was Buzz on the Go. And um, PR really took a major hit, like the PR industry took a major major hit. A lot of publicist PR firms, they they, um, strive off of events. And so events were obviously canceled. So we had to think, uh, we had to completely reinvent the wheel of PR. Obviously, we wanted to stay paid. So obviously, some people, you know, 
couldn't move forward or there was maybe some reimbursement. It was it was a very tough time. So we as publicists had to figure out what were going to be some ways for you to increase your brand visibility. Um, and so, yeah, I pivoted and I created this service where um, I kind of changed the price point a little different. I changed the service offerings a little bit different. And I really just did some major um, press uh, media relations storytelling uh, with brands and started, you know, to create different things for their brands, like um, giving out masks and um, doing virtual events. A lot of that got a lot of press at the time. So that's, that's all you can do. Yeah. So if you look at the history of news, like all you saw was COVID for like two years, like COVID events and things around around COVID. And that's all you saw. And so we as publicists would try to fit that mold in virtual conversations, virtual events, like virtual, 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 right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so we just had to pivot. So I pivoted with Buzz on a Go. We no longer offer it, but I, I did offer that at the time. <laughs> well, and so my follow-up to that is, has the industry changed from your opinion? Obviously, you know, so many people have transitioned to virtual. I mean, even major companies are now starting to do things 100% virtual. So have you seen a shift or have you seen people kind of migrating back towards in-person Oh, yeah. So um, now, as you can see, like we had to make yellow last night. Right. So in-person experiences are definitely coming back and people are craving those. Um, they actually have been around um, for um, some time in different people. You know, people still offered it. Um, but as in like the general public, we're going to start to really see. Um, I mean, Coachella just happened. So we're going to see it. We may see them a little bit differently, obviously. But I think um, definitely this year, we are going to really go back to where we were before. Um, we're already starting to see it. Um, but the, the industry has changed. Um, uh, PR offerings have changed. And so, like, like I said earlier, it's something that we really push now is helping clients understand or create content that will connect and build brand visibility and maybe think about how can they collaborate with partners and different relationships so that that can build and connecting with other influencers because two years ago, that's all you had was influencers to help share your story, right? So they had such a following. Um, so really tapping into uh, to that as well. That's what's up. That's what's up. So obviously now you're going through your business. I want to talk about now that you're, now you're past the, oh, I just started it. Now I'm kind of like figuring things out. So when did you decide to change your name from Be The Buzz PR to be the buzz um, agency and why and why that's a good question okay um it was last summer um mm -hmm. for those that say oh i want to get into pr it looks so fancy i do all these events and stuff no it was after i did this huge event and i said lord something has to change i am exhausted i'm tired but i also said i don't want to be known as an agency that only offers pr i wanted to do i was doing other things, uh, but I was majorly doing a lot of PR. And so um, I just, I didn't know, to be honest with you, that's a good question because I was like, okay, should, it, should I change the name? What should I do? So what happened was the first step was like, let me change the logo. Maybe, maybe it's the logo. Let me change the name. Like, maybe that's what it is. And then I was like, okay, no, that's not it. I need to change my mission and I need to change what do I really want people to learn from all of my services. And um, I was telling um, a family member and I said, this is why I changed it. I wanted, my mission was to build organic, authentic buzz and different channels and different formats and different service offerings and get that business owner or 
event or entrepreneur to their next. Everything in business and in life, there's always going to be a next. Like even today, like you probably have, there's something coming up that you're like, okay, next after Sarah, I have this. So what are the steps that we can do to help you build to get to the next? And so that's when I started to completely reshape my service offerings and what I wanted to do and the type of experience. But the number one thing that I learned in that, I said, oh, shoot, I cannot do this by myself. I need a team. And that's why, yeah, that's why I was just like, okay, now the next step is connect. Let me connect with people that I know can really help me build what I've already created. But I know to reach, you know, different markets and different people, I got to have a team. And that's how we got here. And that's one of the things in business that, you know, as you grow, you have to mature to a level where you have to relinquish some control. And as, as small businesses and startups and the whole nine, like that's one of the hardest things to do because, you know, just like yourself, you know, I put hours, hours, time, I mean, years into this, into mm-hmm. Econics, just like you do with Be The Buzz. Like you put years into this. So to, to give up, any level of control for some people is very difficult because not everybody sees your vision. Not everybody's going to work your vision like you. So mm-hmm. it's extremely important that even when you're, you know, looking at, you know, building out a team mm-hmm. um, that, you know, you got to make sure that you creatively you align and in other, other professional ways you align as well. Right. So that way you can streamline. But once you find that right person, it's like, God, thank you. It just speeds up your process. Yeah. You just can like offload extra drama that you don't have to deal with. <laughs> okay. I, it's been the most challenge of it all to have a team, but I tell them all the time, I could not do this without them. I could not do this without them. And I have built my business based on a team. I built it to where I don't, I even have a team member. She like made me go on vacation. You didn't go on vacation. And I was like, no, no. You need to go on vacation. You work all the time. And so it's good to have people that just want to push you. I have a a few team members, well, all of them, they all want to push me to be better, you know, and and that's key. All, everybody is, is awesome. We have great synergy, all of that. You won't know, right. Until you hire people. Um, But you want to make sure that the synergy is great. People love what they do. You got to get people that love. So they're content created. They even love it. They need to be thinking about content all the time. (laughs) You know, they need to, they need to love it. They're in PR. They need to be a storyteller. They need to be thinking about this. I'm not saying, you know, you can't worry about your mental health, but when you love something, you match it to that client and you're always thinking about what's going to excel that client. So you want to make sure that when you're doing this, that you hire people that love this, that they do it in their sleep, you know? So that's important. And, you know, just to just to uh, comment on that about loving what you do um, and the mental health aspect and that component, when you love what you do and you're getting paid for it and you can make a living off of it, it makes it so much easier to push through those times where you aren't motivated. You know, Mm -hmm. I think people don't they miss that. You know, you are always motivated. I know you're not motivated to get up and work every day. None of us are. But obviously, we got to make a living. And then when you're an entrepreneur and when you work for yourself full time, like, Mm -hmm. It's a different ball game. You got to, you got to do what you got to do. You got to, you got to do what you got to do. Like you don't have any choice. (laughs) And so when you love what you do, that helps kind of propel you out of bed. It's like, you know what? Uh, But I got this client I'm really looking forward to. Like I I owe them that. And you, cause you care about the business. Care about, I told one, one lady, I said, I think, 
you know, what uh, makes me different. And I, well, I tell a lot of clients, I said, you know, we do a lot of hands-on because mm-hmm. it's so awesome to see a business owner. They are so great at what they do. But when it comes to what we do, they are so clueless, but they know they need it, yep. you know? And so you have to help that person understand and, and really walk them through it. So that is what I like. And that, when I think about it, like, okay, what really motivates me? Cause I'll be honest. I'm not gonna lie. You probably can't be like, look, I'll be trying to quit. I'll say on social media, you probably seen it. I'll be like, y'all, I quit today. I, 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 I fired myself from my job today, but it, what motivates It's real. It's real. It, it, some it's days you real. feel like that. It, some days you feel like that. But what pushes me is I always look about the end result. What can we do to get better? Because I, I'm never through, even when I was working as an admin and assistant and all these other things, I never wanted to um, half do something, you right. know? And so that that's what has helped me in the in the CEO role. That's what's up. That's what's up. So my I got some now I got some questions about your actual industry. You ready? Okay, let's do it. All right, let's do it. So first question is what is PR? Define that for us. So PR is that communication channel that connects you with the public and builds relationships with um, organization, audience, media. You want to use media as that, um, uh, what do you say, uh, roadway to bridge the gap between you and um, the, the public. It's the relation, you creating that relationship with the public through brand visibility, through exposure, and obviously through press. So how does that differ from media relations? Good question. Okay. So let's think about this. When we're building relationships, what are we doing? We are literally like following them. We are trying to, hey, let me take you out to dinner. Let's have some coffee. You are trying to get to know that person and you're trying to see what do they like? What do they love? When I look at media relations, I am focusing on building a relationship, offering this journalist, offering this outlet a source, a resource. I want to be their friend. I want to be their connection. I want to be that person that they come back repeatedly to, um, to help propel their stories or their outlet, their reach. Um, so that is so different, um, or it is a uh, strategy of PR because at the end of the day, you want to build relationships. But when we come to PR, you want to make sure that you are actively expanding on your media relations, but you are creating stories that's going to connect with press, connect with people. It's going to resonate with what's going on in the U.S., what's going on in the world. How can your client or your business or your industry, how can it tie into what's going on? So that's where we get that active pitching and writing and press release and uh, creating different opportunities for that brand visibility. So you think about that well, wait, I've already, I'm building relationships with people. I'm being their friend. I'm being, you know, we're going to different things together. So I'm building that rapport, but we still got that other component, right? Where we are trying to actively really push the needle forward and tell those stories and, and, and hopeful, hopefully we can get some, some good hits from it. That's what's up. So why would someone initially like need a PR firm? Well, what would, what would position somebody to say, oh, I think I need this. Right. So um, what would make a person say, and I tell people this, um, and I probably put it on my page a lot, is that I want you to think about um, what's your story? Like, what what could you talk about? What's coming up? What is fresh? What is new? Um, If it's not new, what is fresh? What what is something that you believe that press should be talking about or media or podcasts or blogs? When you start thinking about that, you think about 
do you want to increase your credibility? Do you want to be that source? Do you want to be that go-to person? Do you want your business to be, I got the best chicken in the city? Well, how are we going to know about that best chicken in the city? Right? <laughs> <laughs> how are we going to know about that best chicken in the city? How can, so you start thinking like, man, I really need some help to get to the news stations. Like, but you don't know. So when you think about that, it's going to be key, right, to have that agency. They can think about, did you know it was National Chicken Wing Day, um, March 25th? Well, let's create some buzz. Let's create some, you know, say, hey, y'all are doing like this big, you know, event or some type of build, basically build a story for them. And I tell people, chefs and food, they love food on news stations now. Now we're getting out of COVID and they are allowing people to like come in, you know, cook or they're going on site. So this is perfect for that particular industry to really show what they can do. Um, so you definitely want to hire a PR firm if you are wanting to really push that sto- push your story out to the masses, right? Um, help build your credibility. And credibility, what does it mean to be credible? That means you are a trusted source, business, location that people can automatically always go to. Right? And that's why people do business with you. That's, right. that's the why. That's why. That yep. is why. So when you want that extra boost and say, I don't really, I know I need it, but I really need an expert to help me come up with ideas. I think that's the number one thing that business owners struggle with is mm-hmm. having, I create, coming up with content, coming up with ideas. Yeah, push their business for you got to drill down, you know, even for myself, you know, one of the things about content creation that is challenging is one, you get tapped out, but mm-hmm. creatively you tap mm-hmm. out. And then two, it's like, it's, it's always, all right, is this going to work? Or, you know, should I put this here? And then if mm-hmm. you're a perfectionist then you start really getting into the details of how does this app work? And, you know, mm-hmm. what filter should I use or what music should layer behind this? Like it's, it, it's a lot that goes into it. Oh yeah. Oh um, yeah. From the content side, man, it's, um, and I wanted to talk about the podcast. Like when you mentioned podcasts, I think a lot of people, they don't understand the purpose of a podcast. So many people want to start a podcast. They instantly go, I want to make money. I want to make money. I want to, I want to monetize. Mm-hmm. For, for y'all listening out there, y'all, they have these people aren't getting rich off a of podcast. I'm just being real with you. Mm-hmm. But what a podcast does for a business is it gives you a free marketing arm. There it is. And yeah. it's, a, it's free marketing. So it gives you a, a chance to c- communicate directly to your, your base. So mm-hmm. they know you, they know you as the person. So obviously, you know, you can, you can supplement some income with the podcast, but everybody not, everybody isn't going to just like pull down $30 million deals like Joe Rogan. It just right. doesn't work that way. Um, right. But now they've made it a lot easier to monetize. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, that's not what podcasting was ever meant for. So for anybody out there that wants to start a podcast, understand if you're doing it for the money is not going to work because that's not the purpose. You got to have a product. Mm -hmm. You got to have a business centered around the podcast. You can't have the main thing be the podcast. Anyway, that's my rant on because a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people, people I'll get a podcast. I'll just start talking. (laughs) No, um, like my next question to you is, should someone choose a PR firm that's in their industry well, or that, that specializes record, in their industry? When, hey, look at my track record, then I'm going to, that's not, that's a good driving force. A lot of, uh, I think that's the most comfortable state um, is to pick a PR firm that has experience with um, culinary or transportation or working with business owners. But the question should be, how do you, even though I see you don't work with anyone um, that offers my type of service, um, but how do you 
create stories or transition your your skill set to be able to help me build my brand. So what are some case studies or what are some different, um, uh, what are some questions? What are some um, um, examples you can show me where you've had to basically change uh, maybe some things that you normally would offer to basically be able to fit this client. You want to make sure that you're hiring a firm that if something hit the fan, they know how to adapt. And it's you want to make sure that this person is adaptive to storytelling, to different opportunities. So I think it's key to make sure. I think a lot of people don't want to pay consultation fees, and I don't understand why. <laughs> you <laughs> need to consult with this person and ask them. Because really you're questions. hiring them. You're hiring them. Yeah. And so you want to, it's something about that firm that you reached out to. Obviously, either they have a major niche in your industry or they their marketing is so darn good that you're like, you can't keep your eye off of them. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that they have the, their client's best interest in heart. Um, but like I said, it's, it's super going to be awesome to make sure that they have worked with somebody like you, right? Um, but at the end of the day, we're all business entrepreneurs, right? So obviously they have a, um, that agency, if they haven't worked with chefs before, but they work with other business entrepreneurs, they obviously understand there's an element of storytelling for you as an right. entrepreneur in the business. So I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't stick too, too, um, uh, to the point where, oh, well, they've never, you know, they have worked with other tech companies before, but look at their other clients. How have they been able to, you know, garner press for them and opportunities right. for them? So it's, it's definitely a wide range of um, different things with that. That's what's up. That's what's up. So what would you say is like the average cost, you know, for an agency, even at, even at different levels, you know, you got AT&T and then you got like Google and Microsoft that there's advertising and PR budgets are on a, a whole different level. But yeah. for like the average person, like what's a reasonable um, like price point that somebody should start looking at? Um, so the average commitment for, uh, you know, hiring a PR firm, you want to at least give your campaign six months. That's the first thing. Um, if you have an event, I would say the shortest time frame for you to hire a PR firm, depending on where you are in marketing, um, where you are on social media, maybe your photos, things like that. The minimum, I would say three months. It just depends on so many different factors. Mm-hmm. Um, but as in a budget, boutique firms are $5,000 a month. They start at that. Um, but a lot of times if you get a, um, like a sole freelancer publicist, you will probably hear rates of, you know, $2,500 a month, $3,500 a month, um, depending on what they offer. Um, but usually like actual agencies, those rates are definitely going to $5,000 and up. Um, and again, maybe like your smaller boutique um, agencies, depending on your region, you may start to hear numbers of $2,500 a month, uh, $3,500, $4,000 a month. So it's definitely a four-figure investment. Um, just based on that 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 particular industry. Um, now, when you start going to other companies and different things like that, a lot of publicists getting paid, you know, 10, 20, you know, it just depends on the, the level of exclusivity that they have to um, be, you know, have to manage that account. Um, so, yeah, so you're definitely looking at, at the very, very low end, I, I you know, everybody's different. 2,500 may be, on the lowest, um, even if you were to go like on upward, you start looking at those hourly rates and those hourly rates add up. You know, a lot of experienced publicists are, you know, 150 an hour, you know, at the lowest $60 an hour. And you start adding up the hour that it takes for media relations, creating press materials. 
you're you're going up there to like twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah, that's and it, you know when you deal with PR firms, they, they do articles, they write stuff. You know. Oh yeah. So and, and so, what are some of the services that like actual like specific services that your particular firm offers? Okay. Yeah. So we offer um, social media management. Mm-hmm. Um, we offer um, and what comes you know with that, obviously you know social media postings, um, campaign planning, strategy planning. Um, uh, different platforms that we post to. Um, and then obviously, you know, we come on site and we do like that custom content day, um, public relations services. So that's where we are creating the story, cultivating, creating that media list, cultivating those relationships on your behalf, coming up with different strategies, campaign development, tying your brand into um, certain national days. Like for example, May is um, National Military Appreciation Month. Okay, so how did your brand tie into that? Um, if there is a tie-in, that's something that we're pitching on your behalf. Um, what else? Um, marketing, marketing planning. So like connecting with, you know, depending on what type of uh, marketing services that you need, you know, um, connecting with influencers, you know, we do event evactiva- events evactivation. So where we are creating, I call them experiences. Like when I do events, I tell clients, that's exactly what it is, isn't it? It's an experience. Yeah, let's create an experience. And experience can be costly because at the end of the day, people are tired of events. And if, if we've seen over the past two years, people have been able to pivot and, to, and been able to provide an experience for people. So yes. how to, yeah. Like that, that's, you yeah. Know, I want you to talk about that for a second because when you, when any business, you know, I think about even my own, like I want to create a vibe. Like I want to create a certain type of energy. Like mm-hmm. prime example, I'll give you a prime example. I went to an event a couple of weeks ago. It was a conference, right? Mm-hmm. And the DJ was ass. I mean, DJ sucked. Oh, and what the, what, what just, I'll show you the difference in the vibe and the energy of the event. So it, on like the second day of the conference, they had a different DJ the energy in the room was completely different. The audience responded completely different, all from music and placement of music. When you, when you, when you create events and you create these experiences for people, it's details like that. Mm-hmm. You no, know, it's details like that. Like who's coming to your event? You know, what type of music do you want played at this event? What aesthetics do you want around? Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So it's like d- digging into those details and those that creates an experience for that, mm-hmm. that potential customer. Um, and, and I think that Atlanta's doing that. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of places in Atlanta's, I feel like certain pockets of the country, they have that, they, they've created those experience. A lot of art places are doing it now too. Yeah. Um, and so in your, in your industry, what have you seen? Who have you seen do things well? Like specifically, like what what have you seen done well? Ooh, um, Are you like oh, I like that. That was tight. Um, man, I'm trying to think now. Um, it's so crazy. I just saw an event. She, um, uh, it was not a shameless plug, but I'll, I'll plug her. She's a, a trademark attorney. I just saw it, and she said she. Um, I think the name of it was like the trademark tea. And I, I again, I didn't go to it, but I saw it. When I tell you, when I saw the photos of the experience that she gave her, it was set up. You would have thought you were like in Bridgerton. And I, I don't know if that was her goal. It, it, it probably was. It was like, we. it was the, the aesthetics is not the one, one of the number one things you can create for your attendees. 
If you're going to charge somebody a thousand dollars or nine ninety seven or seven hundred dollars, I it's got to as soon as I walk before I walk through the door, where am I greeted? Where are the signs? You know, mm-hmm. you want to make sure you have those different checkpoints, mask, mask and, and um, the different, you know, you want to make it either consumer friendly for for that particular attendee badges mm-hmm. like make the number one complaint of people for events is organization. They didn't know where to go. Right. Yep. And that's you want to make sure that experience is down to the hospitality. Like for yep. me, we go all in. How would I want to be greeted? Like, what is the experience I want? Again, let it match that price point. You cannot charge me a thousand dollars and I'm lost. There's no map. Like I don't have a bag, you know, like you are not greeting me. There's nobody like y'all were not as kind, you know, like it's not organized. Like, so um, I, I saw that and I was like, she had it down to the tea, the core, the teacups, the attire, the hat. Like she set it up. Like I was like, dang, she probably spent like, a, 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 ain't no telling how much on decor. Um, mm-hmm. But I've seen where conferences, um, there's one I know it's coming up in Miami. I know that they have a B-Y-O-B. Black yes, I, yes. Then you yeah. have CultureCon that's here this week in Atlanta. Yeah, I so went like, to actually. I went there. I've, I've been there twice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which like, one? BYOB. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard great things. I love their conference. Here. Their conference is fire. Yes, it's an experience. It, it is, is an. Ex- it's inclusive. Experience. It's us. It's us. That's number one. Just for one, let's Top start five. with. If you think about them, the speakers. Look at the amount of education that you're getting you know, right. from them. Right. Like you're and not then, just getting a panel, you're getting classes. So where like, you can choose to like, okay, I really want to hone on here. They're getting top level speakers. So you think about, okay, I'm spending $800, but if I were to go to them individually, I would be probably paying $3,500 for the expertise. You're getting a collaborative experience. So you have to look at the type of what you're going to offer the attendee mm-hmm. from the education, from the, the speaker, the, the artist, all of that really plays a part. And then, then we can start talking about, oh, okay, I can see why you charge me $300. Yeah, for yeah that's real. That's yeah, real. No, that's, that's true. That makes sense. But um, <laughs> you, yeah, that's definitely um, important. You never want somebody to, oh, I was lost. I was confused. It was hot. You know, you know, things like that. Yeah, not, I definitely get that. So that's that's I'm like, man, it's some some conferences I've been to have been really, really good. Um, how have you changed? So you've been in business, what, seven years? Yes. Seven years. Okay. Mm-hmm. How have you changed as a person, like personally and internally from year one to year seven? I've only gotten stronger. I've only gotten stronger. Um, I've gotten stronger. I've gotten um just uh, that's my daily prayer is strength. God help me to be able to handle um, what's coming. Um, so my character has changed. How I handle people has changed. The amount of grace that I have with people. Obviously, COVID taught us that um, you had to have grace in a time period like that. Um, so again, experiences change you. So um, and it also has toughened me up. Some things I had to. And even now it's a, it's a struggle. It's really understanding that, um, Hey, this is business. You know, I get it. We're friends. I I went to school with you, blah, blah, blah. But right now you've, you've been hired or I've been hired to execute for your project or you've been executed to, you know, you've been hired to execute for my project. And the main goal is to achieve it. And how can we get there to achieve it? So I will just say for, and again, for those that are like, 
um, just learning like, okay, man, how, how do you grow? Is um, life will grow you up, right? And, mm-hmm. and you've got to learn when to apply grace and mercy and when to apply pressure and say, hey, no, nah, we can't have that. We got to get this done. We got to make it happen. Right. You know? Yeah. Right. So. I want to shift over to what I call the Econics 10. So I got 10 questions for you. It has nothing to do with your industry, but it's some fun questions. You ready? I'm ready. All right, cool. So question number one, what would you title this chapter in your life? Hi, okay, I'm ready. Oh, <laughs> I got some good ones for you. What would I title? Oh, we got on a high seat. Okay. You might have to come back to that one. I got to think All right, we're going we're gonna to circle back to number one. We're going to come back to that one. What superpower would you have? What's, ooh. Like, do I name it after a character? Like, whatever you want. Dang, these are tough. You know, I like I anime. I would say I am, <laughs> I would say my character would be, I feel like I'm superwoman. I know that sounds so cliche. It's not, though. Like, that's a legit... I legit, I ain't gonna lie, y'all, y'all can oh, say so cocky. I really be saving the day. <laughs> I be saving the day sometimes. Like, I'm in a situation right now, I, I got, the text came up. Yeah, I just saved the day. I ain't gonna lie. There you go. See? <laughs> hey, got your cape on. Let's go to work. <laughs> buzzing, buzzing through. There you go. There you go. Um, What would you invest in right now if money was not an issue? Ooh. Right. So, okay. Right now, one of the top investments that I want to make this quarter is an operations manager. Uh, man, people don't know if you can get operations taken care of as the owner, it frees you up to deal with different problems, like the, the higher level. Yes. But it steps to that, though. Yes. Once you have You got to before you can hire operations, you got to identify what those problems are with a team. So now that I have a team. And I want to take on more account. It's time to bring in an operations manager right. to really work on those processes and experiences mm-hmm. for clients. Next question. If you weren't doing this, what would your profession be? What would your other profession be? Yes, an actress. There you go. There you go. There I you know go. that one. Um, five dinner guests, dead or alive, who's coming to your table? Tyler Perry. People say what they want to say. Man, well, I, he out here. He doing his thing. He doing his. He is. Do, there's other, certain business questions I would love to ask. Him. Mm-hmm. Tyler Perry. Oprah. Oprah. Definitely gotta have Oprah. Gotta have yep. Oprah. Ooh. Chris Jenner. Really? I want to hear from Jenner. Yes. Okay. Y'all say what y'all want to say about Kardashians, but Chris does the deal period like it's nothing she manages no don't get me started on that okay we got three who would i have in her life i feel like i'm missing some people <laughs> um, man uh you gotta help me out who would i have you got beyonce you got michelle you got um yes i would love to just i would love to talk to her michelle michelle, michelle can slide all right we got yeah, one more we got one more Trying to think. Powerful women. Powerful women. Hmm. Um, that's making some major moves. Um, from a local standpoint, I probably would have uh Keisha, the 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 old mayor. The oh, Arisa. Keisha Bottoms. Mm-hmm. Keisha. Yeah, Bottoms. yeah, she's solid. Yeah, she. That's you know, I think people sleep on. And that's one of the reasons why I created Econics, man. Was 
a lot of times you see a lot of podcasts or people like hype up these um, these entrepreneurs who've made millions of dollars, but a lot of times we forget that there are regular people, just ordinary people kicking ass, taking names, making a great living for themselves. And they started from the bottom. Like everybody doesn't have to be the billion dollar company of Apple. There's only one Apple. Okay. Right. Right. But there are so many entrepreneurs doing their thing like you, like, yeah, no, you forget about about that. If I had to have a sick person, be Stacy. Stacey Abrams. Abrams? Right. Okay. Stacey yeah. Abrams. You got you definitely got to focus the land, on the local. She changed the landscape. She changed the landscape. But what's crazy is again, we were taking back things that she did years prior. She may not have won, but she changed the game on when right. it was time for the voting rights. Like it's a lot of people don't they they just because you lose, it's a bigger purpose that you win, you'll learn later on. You know what I'm saying? And I don't even think, again, like she didn't lose because she she achieved what she meant to accomplish. And we saw it later. Right. So I think that's smart. That's yeah. smart. Yeah. That's smart. Um, your celebrity crush. Who was your celebrity crush? My celebrity crush recently, it was <laughs> it was the Bel Air uh Jeffrey. I thought it was so cute. From uh Jeffrey <laughs> from uh Fresh Prince, the, the new one. The new one. <laughs> okay. Okay. Hey, man, that show was good. I actually really enjoyed that show. I loved it. So, yeah, that was my most celebrity crush. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking noise. Um, what's something that the average person would not know about you? I feel like a lot of people know I'm dramatic. They not know about me. Um, hey, that's good. Um... That they would not know about me. Ah, oh, man. I low key, people think, oh, I'm an extrovert, right? But I quietly love my house. Like, I would choose being at home more than he would think. I've created that space. Um, yeah. It's know. probably because you're around so many people all the time. You just enjoy solitude, you know? Enjoy yes. I be, I'm my only child. So I'll be by myself a lot. Like, not a lot, but. Yeah, I enjoy my weekend. So a lot of times where people think I'm just like out, 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 I take that to recharge. If I don't have to do no work, I, yeah. That's what's up. They wouldn't believe that though. What's your favorite productivity hack? So like things, like something that you use to get things done. Things that I use. Um, you mean like a project management system? Mm-mm. Just any, it could be anything. It could be an app. It could be music. It could be anything. What do you? What something oh, that you use mm. to like kind of get that productivity going? I'm a writer, so um, really, what helps me if it's not on my planner, um, that's one thing. Um, productivity hack: definitely having some music, watching a good show. Um, having I have it like right here, and I just be going. So yeah. like re- being completely spaced out, that that's really I've noticed when I get the most of my work done is when something's going on over here. Yeah. That's yeah, there you go, there you go. No, real. So name three of the most influential people in your life. Mm-hmm. Can it be a family member? Anybody? Okay. Influential people in my life. Um, I have a special person in my mind. She well. Number one, my mom's going to always be my influence mm-hmm. of how she handles things. Um, I've seen how she handled people and grace, and she pulls me back in. And that 
right there is, is just keeping ground. So I'm always going to say my mom. Um, the number second person is, um, I call her my mentor. If she hears this, she's going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm being crying. Um, her name is Tina. We work together. But she is a major influence in my That's life. Awesome. She really pushes me to be better. And she has experience. So when you, when you pull from that person, it just makes it all worthwhile. Um, another influential person, you got, man, you got me. You should have said these questions to me before. <laughs> <laughs> it's always better to get you on, get you like just thinking. Oh, I, I don't know. I have a friend that I'm influenced by. I'll say okay. that. He, yeah, just seeing her persevere, she mm-hmm. influenced me. Yeah, I'll say that. All right. And, you know, I want to comment on something you said about your mom, how you watched her handle people with grace. And that's something I got to work on. You know, I mean, you know, I'm pretty nice, but handling people with grace, especially when, especially in a working environment, like when people are supposed to get stuff done or Mm -hmm. deadlines and this, it's like, yo, grace be like, bruh. (laughs) You're like, oh, Oh, You want me to talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got, I got, I got one more question for you, and then we could go on that one. I, I, I'm gonna circle back to that. Um, PB and J or grilled cheese? Oh, peanut butter and jelly. Okay, we right there. All right, back to question number one. What would you title this <laughs> chapter in your life? Away from that. <laughs> oh. Okay, so this chapter here is definitely a chapter of resilience. Um, and resilience is such a liberating, um, chapter to be in. Um, even though that, even though you, you've gone through changes, you're being stretched, you're being pruned. Um, there's also things that's coming into fruition and things that are actually coming into the actual phase in your life, but you are literally being resilient through it all. And you're handling it all through whatever that may take. Um, and I will say at this period, I, each quarter, each month, I get better and better and I'm just resilient and I handle it all. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Can you tell me, we're about to wrap up. Can you tell me one of your craziest, um, PR fires that you had to put out that you're allowed that you can obviously talk about? Last year was like my biggest year of saving the day. Um, it was just one of those, those times where I did not have, there were, I'm a planner. I had to go against the plan and we had to literally make it happen. I started calling. I started putting my pride to the side. And, I, you know, that's a big thing in business. Put your freaking pride to the side and get it done. Because at the end of the day, you need the money. You need the. You want the results. You want the testimonials. But what can you do? Like the real pressure of a real entrepreneur, publicist all is like, how did you freaking adapt and make it happen? So... I will definitely stay um, really tapping into my resources, making calls. And you know what? From a woman, for my women listeners, you got so much mouth on you with your girlfriends, you got to use it in business. And so I would literally like, look, this is what's going to happen. This is the plan. And like, that's what it's going to be. And people listen to me. <laughs> because you had to boss up. You had, had to, to like, boss up because it was like, my back was literally against the wall. There was nowhere else where I could go. So I would say that was one of the biggest things. Like, I think I had to find a last minute person, like within, oh shoot. We had to find a last minute person, like within like less than 24 hours. Wow. We had to re- rearrange some different things. Um, this wow. client was highly upset. Like it was a lot. 
Yeah. Um, and then again, it goes back to having people around you that can help you think mm-hmm. and give ideas. So yep. I yep. would definitely say that. And my last question for you is what keeps you up at night? What keeps me up at night is when I don't finish my to-do list. <laughs> yeah, you get stressed about it. I'm like, man, I didn't do this today. I didn't do that today. You'll never get through that list. I've learned that you'll never get through that list. All you can do is just shift the block to the next, shift it on. Shoot it over. to the next, shoot it to the next week. Just shoot it on over. And what else keep me up? TV. <laughs> <laughs> TV. I'll be like watching my shows. I ain't mad at it. What you got on rotation right now? What do I I just finished the thing about Pam? I, I think it's the the thing or that thing about Pam is on Hulu. Okay, you okay. Got to watch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing about Pam. That thing about Pam. Got to watch that. It's a true story too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Lord. All right. So the last thing I need you to do is tell us or tell everybody where they can find you if yeah. they want to book your services. Do you take remote clients? Yeah. Okay. So um, where they can find you, how to follow you, how to do business with you, and all the whole nine. Okay, perfect. Well, y'all, the listeners, my name is Sarah Busby. You can find me at, or one, the first place I would love for you to go to is check out our social media, um, B, so that's B-T-H-E-B-U-Z-Z agency. Um, the next thing, when you go to that site, you can definitely um, look at our new website that we got done last um, October. It's um, fire, too. I'm going to tell y'all right now, her <laughs> website got everything you need. I prepare for my it, whole podcast on her website. It is- Everything you need. I literally break down the steps of working with us in choir stage. You know, like I break it down to what that looks like working with us. But yeah, go to that website. If you want to book a consultation with me, you just click on the button, book now. Um, and yeah, and my personal page is Bubbly Busby. So that's obviously Bubbly. Um, and then my last name is B-U-S-B-Y. Um, super friendly and super open. Um, if you have to, shoot me an email. Um, yeah, tell me you heard, you know, you listen to the podcast and have one question one. I definitely don't mind answering that one question if you heard me on the podcast. Thank you so much, Sarah. Y'all go support her. Shout out to Sarah and Be The Buzz Agency. Like she is, she is a full-time superhero. So I have the real Wonder Woman on my podcast today. Thank you so much. Y'all like, share, subscribe, and share this with everybody you know. And we are out. Have a good one. Peace. Peace.